Welcome, I'm David Nurse, MBA shooting coach turned life optimization coach, speaker, author, leader of all types. On this show, we bring on high performers, athletes, CEOs, entrepreneurs, people doing amazing things in this world, but they weren't always at that spot. And we talk about how they got through their stuck situation and made their pivot to achieve their success. So join me every week as we pivot and go. I'm dreaming vivid, so I'm living my goals. Written to existence, you know I'm doing the most. I'm steady winning, having breakfast for dinner, cause I'm always giving the toast. I live that 1% of lifestyle, didn't you know? Doing what I can just to get in the zone. Incremental change to help you get in the flow. But if you hit the wall, gotta pivot and go. Switch your perspective and go for the goal. That ain't the end of the road, just pivot and go. Welcome back to another episode of the Pivot and Go podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, David Nurse, and it's such an honor to have you on. You could be anywhere else in the world doing anything else, and you are here with me, and we're going to fill you with some knowledge, some motivation, some inspiration. One of the most powerful speakers, humanitarians, authors, ambassadors, you name it, he's making an impact. He's on the podcast today. His name is Sam Acho. Sam is a former NFL superstar, played for the Bears, Texas University, just an absolute stud. But his passion, his real meaning and purpose was to be able to pour into others, to be able to, to share a message of being seen as who you are. Not necessarily what the world says you have to be, your identity, but I see you see you actually let out what is inside of you and sam does a marvelous job of telling you and showing you how you can do this on the podcast sam actually just signed a deal with espn to be a college game day host so there's so much sam has coming up and so much he has to offer all of you so buckle up get ready because here we go go. sam acho welcome to the Pivot and Go podcast, my brother. How are you doing? I'm great, bro. How are you? Awesome. Hey, I just got to let everybody know the first time that I met Sam, like you guys, can, uh, you can see it right now if you're watching. This smile is contagious. We were sitting at a leadership conference in Colorado. I just, just by the grace of God, get to sit by Sam and he just lights me up. So not a whole no, lot of that's people. That's not the story. Oh, that's, that's the not story. the story. I saw you from across the room. <laughs> And I said, this dude's a hooper. I need to get to know this guy. That's the story. And so it wasn't happened. I went and found a seat. Y'all's table was full. I said, bro, can I sit next to y'all? He said, bro, hop on, hop on in. So that's how that happened. It's true, man. You, you, you did box out. So you knew the hoop thing. <laughs> Look at that. From across the room, the start of a bromance. I love it. I love it. Sam, hey, hey, start us off with a bang, man. Something that maybe not everybody knows about you. I mean, the amazing football player that you are and the philanthropist and the leader and the speaker and the author, but something a little bit different. Well, the coolest thing is literally yesterday we just announced I signed a contract with ESPN. And so I went from the last nine years playing professional football and four years in college and even since I was a middle schooler to now a whole new career, a whole new job, which I couldn't be more excited about. And the interesting thing is, I've been hoping, praying, and dreaming about this for years, probably for a decade. Like I always knew I wanted to, to be on TV. I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be on stages. I wanted to speak, to encourage. And the fact that it's happening now, like I haven't, no one, like it just got announced yesterday. And so I am over the moon and also floored at the same time, which I know if that's even possible to be that high <laughs> and that low, but I'm just, I'm excited. Put it that way. I am excited. 
say if you live with ultimate joy and jubilee like we were talking about before the podcast but i mean how cool is that you get to live out literally what you've been dreaming about doing dreaming about what your pivot after football is that's the next question i'm going to pose to you is what is the the biggest pivot you've had to go through in your life is it now is it the transition from the nfl to speaking or is it to espn like this is this is great because we have breaking news on the podcast sam macho signing with espn breaking news i feel like adrian wojanowski but what what's been a huge pivot for you sam and how did you overcome it and lead to greater things like what you're doing now this probably is the biggest pivot that i'm going through i've played sports whether soccer from first grade and baseball, which I was horrible at, to basketball, track, handball, football, <laughs> then going to college to play football, the professional athlete for almost a decade. I've played sports for the last 17 years of my life, 18, even more, really, if you want to talk about as little as what, probably 20-something years. And Yes, I'm still an athlete, but no longer will I be playing sports. Now I'll be talking about sports. And so I'm really, really interested to see how that pivot happens. I love change and change management. I was a business honors major in college, went and got my MBA from the number one international business school in the world. And I've always had a passion for change and change management and culture. And so this is going to be it. I no longer will be the one being interviewed, but I'll be doing the interviews. And and I can't wait. I can't wait. Man, you are an extremely gifted speaker and just, man, leader in an essence. And to when I was doing all my stalking of you and studying you and like 32, I didn't realize you were only 32. Like for anybody out there, this is- Yeah, the, man, how old are you? I'm old, 34. I've got you by two years, way <laughs> older than you. Hey- you're the next Michael Strahan in my in my eyes. Like you have that that type of aura, that type of just ambiance about you. So yeah, you yeah, got and, and I'm trying to, and that's the thing. Like to your point, nurse. Like I'm trying to be. I, I want to make art, if that makes sense. People look at football, and yeah. you you might you might see this in in the basketball sense. People look at football and just say these are big, strong, fast guys. There's no creativity. There's no artistry. It's just you got to be big and fast and strong. Right. And that's completely false. Yes, there's a piece of it where you have to be big if you play a certain position or not that big if you play other positions or fast if you play certain positions, maybe not that fast for other positions or strong if you play certain positions and not that strong for others. But the beauty behind sport and football is the ability to make art the ability nice. to be a defensive end. I played outside linebacker, defensive end, to rush the quarterback. And it's not just about getting a sack, but it's about the steps and the eyes and the hands and the technique that you use to beat the person in front of you. It's art. And so the same things in basketball. People see Steph Curry and they think, oh, he just shoots and makes it in. Or Jeremy Lin, who you obviously work with all these guys a ton. People see Jeremy Lin and just think, oh, he just happens to be good. No, he's making art out there. He works on his craft. And what I'm most excited about, as we talked about earlier, is just the ability to practice my craft, to get mm. better at this, to to go all in and to take chances and to take to take risks and to not feel like I have to be like everyone else. Stuart Scott was maybe you could say like the best yeah. broadcaster, sports sportscaster to ever live. And he passed away about a decade ago. And if you watch what he did, not only on TV, but like the way he was able to relate to people, it was art. 
it was nothing more than art. And yes, he put in the work. Like if you know the hours he put in and the grind and the, the way he watched film, he watched himself, he studied tape, he, he worked on his line. It was art. And so what I'm most excited about is not to necessarily, not to be like anybody else, but just to, to make art and use the gifts that God gave me to create. Booyah. There you go. Stuart Scott. I love it. Man, creating art and it's what you talked about and do so well is you're not afraid of change. You're not afraid of, hey, your identity, your whole life is football, is athlete. Now it's going to change. And you're not afraid of that. And you have and you talk about it. You have an amazing book, Let the World See You, like letting people see you. Why do you think it is that so many of us, 99% of us will just hold ourselves back, won't let the world see. How, how do we unlock that ability to go out and create our art and go out and not be afraid of the the social like outlook of everybody else? I think the first step is it's it's almost separating yourself from society and from what other people believe success is. Ooh, yeah. And then really stopping and thinking, what is success for you? And then also, I don't know, you know, different people have different backgrounds, right? I'm a follower of Jesus. So like from a faith perspective, what does success look like? I've just signed the contract with ESPN. And some people could say that's a major success. You're going to be on TV. It's going to be great. Others might say, well, you're not getting paid as much money as some of the other guys. So you're not as successful. (laughs) But then I think about what does success look like for me? I played football the last night. I mean, I pretty much graduated from college. This is my first job, pretty much. It's awesome. You know what I mean? Like that's a win and I have an opportunity. It's not about, well, the hours and the pay. It's like, no, dude, the opportunity Mm. for me, just the chance to be on TV on a huge platform and to be and to encourage people and to smile and to laugh and to study and to just bring people hope and to love people well, that's a win for me. So other people might not see that as a win, but before you can be, I believe, who God made you to be, you got to understand what's a win. Separate yourself from society standards. It's not always about the followers, though sometimes it can be. It's not always about the number of games you win, though sometimes it can be. It's not always about making it to the NBA or NFL or MLB, though sometimes it can be. Those aren't bad things. We have to define what's a win for you outside of society's standards. And then once you do that, once you do that, I believe the next step is slowing down. So separate first and then you slow down. You slow down and for lack of better terms, you build or construct what you think would be a win. And maybe it's just getting people around you, good mentors. Nurse, you talked about it all the time, at least when we were in Colorado, about mentors, the people who you learn from Mm -hmm. and people who I'm sure you're mentoring as well, finding people who can help you get there. And even if you don't have a podcast with them or you don't have an interview with them, go read their book, go follow them on social media, go at, you know, reach out to them, right? That's a step. Another step is going to do those things you want to do. For me last year, I I, I bought a ring light, right? I, I got, I got all this equipment, got, put some stuff up, got some notebook, notebooks, notepads, subscribed to some different sports stuff and started studying as much wow. sports as I could, because I was doing a little bit of sports here, a little bit of sports there when I wasn't playing. And that preparation opened up a door for opportunity, which was auditions with Fox, with ESPN, and conversations with people over at Amazon, right? So it was, it was separating myself and then slowing down and seeing what is a, 
what do I need to do to get to where I want to go to? And then after that, it's just it's just dialing in, I would say, and having laser focus. Mm. So separate, slow down, and then just laser focus, right? Like just dial in and and say, I'm not going by other people's standards. This is what I need to do. And then like, how can I focus on who I am and who God made me and not what anyone else thinks or says? And whether that's a goal or a dream or an opportunity, it's having that focus and saying, you know what? It may not happen overnight. It may not happen over a week span or a month or a year, but it may take two, five, 10 years to get to where I want to go. But I'm going to start putting the time in now. Sam, that was one of the best segments that I've ever heard on any podcast. Everybody listening right now, rewind that, play that back, separate and slow down and talking about how you created your own path. You literally, this job that you just got wasn't just you sitting around ESPN reaching out to you. It was get a ring light, do some film, break it, like do study, 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 preparing for your opportunity to come. Man, that is amazing. But let me ask you this question on that as well. So getting your dream job, ESPN, did that fill you? Like, do you feel like, like, oh, is this is this is like this made me, this is what's gonna bring me my joy? Not at all. Not yes. even close. Great now, it, it and let me re, let me let me kind of re-answer that. Okay. So I am excited and am still excited about the opportunity. So in so many ways, like it kind of filled my cup up. Like this is great. But then I also realized something because I, I everything I'm talking about right now, I've been doing. Like I'm doing. Okay. So I literally yesterday, last night, I said, okay, what would be a win for me at ESPN? Like, would it be making X amount when it comes to salary? Would it be, you know, having this many followers, gaining this many followers when, when the announcement comes? Like, what would be a win? And really for me, the win was just being the best that they've ever seen. The best sports caster that they've ever seen. Like that would be a win. And so I said, okay, well, how do I get there? I gotta be me. Yep. Like I have to be me. I wrote a book, let the world see you, how to be real in a world full of fakes. I, just going to the, I'm not even gonna go to the last point. We can talk about it later, but like, I have to be me if I want to be successful. I could pretend to be like Michael Strahan or to be like anybody else. And I might be pretty good at being them, but I would fail at being me. If I separate from society standards, slow down, and then focus, I can say, you know what, this is me. And now I'm going to take the steps to be me. Like I'm excited about going on TV and being me on TV. That's what I'm most pumped about. That's what's going to bring me joy. That's what's going to be a win. It's not, and that's what's going to fill my cup. And whether the followers come, whether the ratings come, whether the people uh, try to cancel me or whatever, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Because God's given me a chance to to let the world see me on a national stage. Yeah, I love it. International stage. I love it. Like, yeah, you probably get the comparison of like this is my the next Michael Strahan, but. It's not like you are you. It's too hard to be somebody else. It's too hard to put on a face. It's too hard to be a fake. Like the only yeah. way that we can feel feel fulfilled in doing what we do with joy is being us, true to ourselves. So what would you tell somebody who was just like, man, I got this mask I have to wear. Like, how do I shed this? How can I just be me? Is it you talk about your faith in Jesus? Likewise, like that's how one way that we extremely bond on it. Is it is it having that faith? Does that drive you to really not care about what anybody else thinks? Well, sometimes, to be honest, nurse, it's about going through that pain. Mm -hmm. 
and and carrying that weight. At least for me, that's what it took. It took me feeling that weight and that pressure before I realized, man, I got to take this off. Yeah, got to take this off. When I was released from the Bears, I played eight years at that point, just signed a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract with the Bears. And, you know, sometimes when you start living by other people's standards, that's when you really start failing. Totally. Everyone else said, oh, this is your time for your deal and you're going to do this and going to do that. And it did not fill me up. I was empty. I was frustrated. I was struggling physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually after what everyone else would have seen as the best day that would have filled you up the biggest. But I, I wasn't full because I was hiding. I was pretending. I was, I was trying to be what everyone else wanted me to be. You know me, nurse. I laugh. I smile. I <laughs> yeah, joke all the time. Right. <laughs> but that like that time, that season of life, there wasn't no, there wasn't smiling. There wasn't laughing. There wasn't joking. I was, I was going to do whatever they, they wanted so I can go get my contract. Yeah. If that's what it's about, it's about getting a contract. I'll show you, I'll show you and I'll go get that contract. You know, the crazy thing is I got it. What's even crazier than that. After getting it, I was miserable. Yeah. That wasn't me. It wasn't me. Played that year, actually got injured, uh, tore my peg. So much happened, you know, lost a, a mentor. And I mean, it was, it was an interesting, crazy year. Fast forward to the end of that year, I get released one year into a two-year contract, right? Rest, you know, eight months after tearing my pec, maybe six months or so. And even then I was pretending. I remember walking, hearing the news I was getting released. So I heard the news that the head coach called me, general manager called me, they let me know. And so I went to the facility to go get my, get my stuff get my shoes, my, my cleats, whatever else I had to go pick it up. And as I was leaving, I saw a lady named Katie Nagel, who's the assistant administrative assistant for the chairman of the team. She was a friend of mine. And Katie and I would talk and laugh and joke all the time. And so Katie knew me well. Katie knew the real me, not the hiding, the pretending, this fake tough guy. Katie knew the real me. So I was walking out and I saw her and I, and I smiled. I said, hey, Katie. She says, hey, Sam. I said, hey, just letting you know, I just got released from the team, so I'll, hopefully I'll see you soon. And she, she, she did like a double take, kind of looked like, wait, what? I said, yeah, with a smile on my face. Yeah, I just got released from the team, so you know, we'll see what happens. And she looked at me. She said, Sam, I, I thought you were telling me good news because you, you were smiling when you told me. Like I don't, like I'm so sorry. I couldn't imagine how you feel. And I remember walking away from that conversation and being like, who am I? Like, I just heard wow. some really, really bad news. And I'm over here trying to act like, oh, it's all good and, you yeah. know, no issues. I'll be f-. It's like I was sad, yeah. but I was pretending to be happy. I was frustrated and I was pretending like everything was, was fine. And so for me, that was really a moment where I realized I got to stop pretending. Mm-hmm. I talk about so many more moments in my book, but that was just one that was really was poignant and stood out to say, I got to be the real me, whether I'm angry, whether I'm happy, whether I'm frustrated or whether I'm at peace, whether I'm dejected or whether I'm overjoyed, people need to see Man, me. That's so good. It's consistency in your character. And that's, that's what you are. Like, 
this book, Let the World See You, you like check it out. Honestly, there'll be so many ways and points in there to how you can shed your mask. So Sam, you're amazing, man. I wish I could talk to you all day because you just bring it. Like every time we have conversations, you literally just bring points and sayings and like taking all these notes. But for respect to your time, and I know you have a family, and it turns out you kind of you're kind of busy, you got stuff to do. Well, we're gonna throw you on the rapid fire hot seat. So this can be quick answers, whatever comes to your mind. What is your favorite mindset quote? Is there a quote that you have on your fridge, on your bathroom mirror? tattooed on your eyelids, something that you love. Most recently, it's been the quote, take the time to play the right note. Ooh. Take the time to play the right notes. Jamie Foxx was once playing piano with Stevie Wonder. Everyone knows Stevie Wonder is one of the most impressive musicians, pianists, artist in so many ways uh, to live and he's blind and but he still plays piano and he's phenomenal jamie fox is, is a younger up and coming well not i'm coming he's established but phenomenal musician singer actor all the things totally and they're playing piano once and they're playing playing they're doing great everything's going well all of a sudden jamie fox messes up on a note I know this is supposed to be rapid fire, but let me just No, no, I like it. Quick. This is great. This is what I'm Jamie telling Fox, you, everybody. His stories are amazing. Jamie Foxx messes up on a note. And Stevie Wonder kind of looks towards him and said, man, why'd you have to go and do that? He says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, Jamie's like, I, I, I messed up. I got nervous. I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't want to mess up. He said, hey, there's no, nothing about being sorry. He said, just next time, take the time to play the right note. <laughs> and so what I try to do, and I usually have it, I don't have it with me right now, but I, I have a, a sheet of paper I'll usually write before every interview or every conversation, and I'll have that quote, and I'll use it as a reminder. Even though I didn't have it today, right when we started, I, I thought yeah. about it. I, I thought about that as I was Love speaking. It. Take the time to play the right note, whether you're an athlete, whether you are a speaker, whether you are a mom, whether you are a businesswoman, whether you are a leader in any industry man hey take the time to play the right note that's beautiful and that's just putting putting yourself in intentionality mode when you go into conversations so often it's about us that's what i struggle with like it's my schedule it's my time but taking that time to play the right note somebody else might need that time from you that's beautiful man hey what does leaving a legacy mean to you not necessarily what everybody says it is or being on a billboard, but what does legacy mean to Sam Acho? Kids. It's my kids. Great. But also Great. it's my parents. Also it's my parents. I remember being in college at the University of Texas. I played football there. My, my younger brother, Emmanuel, played there as well. We, our jerseys were a palindrome, 81 and 18. So my parents had these 81 and 18 jerseys. <laughs> and... We had just played some game in Austin, Texas, and we'd all gone out to eat. And we were dropping my parents off at the hotel that they were staying at. And me and my brother were going to go back to our dorm room because we had practice the next morning. And as I dropped them off, I saw them walk hand in hand, 60-something years old at the time, been married for 30, 30 plus years at the time hand in hand down the 
walkway with the Acho jerseys on their back. Wow. And at that moment, I understood. It was at that moment that I understood what legacy means. They came from a developing country, born and raised in Nigeria. Wow. Dad fought in a war back in Nigeria. Came over here by the grace of God, started working. They were cleaning chalkboards at school to make ends meet, janitor work, working night shifts, double shifts, whatever they could. Continue to work, continue to grind, went to school, got it, you know, continue their education. One got his, my dad got his PhD, my mom got her DNP, both doctors got successful, do work overseas and locally and helping people. But when I think about legacy, that's the picture. That last name, yes, those kids, but also them walking hand in hand. I think about my wife. You know, you say it, you've been saying it, nurse. You're like, man, you got a family. You got a family. No, you got a family. <laughs> you may not have kids yet, yeah. but you got a family. You have a beautiful wife. We both talk about, we both joke that we outkicked our coverage. Oh, by far. By far. You know? Yeah. And so, like, that's our legacy 30 so, years down the line, 50 years down the line, 70 years down the line, walking together, holding hands with that jersey on our back, representing our children and our grandchildren. Mm. I think that's what legacy means. Wow. Say, I know this is not, these, no, are, these aren't rapid fire answers, bro. This is even better. And you had your eyes closed the whole time visualizing that. You literally saw that. That is powerful, man. Well, I'm t- that's what I'm saying, guys. Like anything, you got to follow everything Sam's doing, literally. How, how can we follow you? Well, how can we follow, stalk you like crazy, man? Yeah, well, I think the first thing is is the book. So anybody wants to know anything about me, like my, my, my heart, is on those pages of the book. It's called Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes. It's it's on Amazon. I'm mm-hmm. sure it'll be in uh, the notes of the show or oh, however yeah. you consume oh, this yeah. podcast. So um, so first first go there, get Let the World See You, and and, and then you'll hear, the, learn about me. Secondly, I'm on social media as well, at T-H-E, so The Sam Acho, uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and and then lastly, ESPN, man, you know, like watch, tune mm-hmm. in on Saturdays uh, on ESPN too. We'll be doing the, the college football show. We'll be doing Thursday shows. I'll be on some get up and some different shows. So just pop on ESPN. If you see me, holler at me, tweet at me, say something so I can so I can hear from you all. That's so cool. I want to be the guy Saturday morning. Like, I know that guy. I know that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. And even too, I got even too, I got a there's a podcast as well I do called the Athletes for Justice podcast. So uh, there's some nonprofit work I do and started a podcast about justice. So go listen to that as well. So those are the ways if people want to know about me, those are those are some of the easiest ways. Man, and, and we're going to give out your book to people that leave a review. The first five people that leave a review, we send out your book. So we got you on that. So get on That's the dope. reviews here. Okay, I got I got to ask you this this fun one before we wrap up here. If you were to have a dinner party with three people that you want to learn from or three people you want to have conversation with, dead or alive, who would those three people be? And what are you eating on your last meal, your death row meal? Are these people I don't know or can they be, be like my friends? They can be people you know. They can be, they can be just me and you. It's just totally your call. Yeah, honestly, it would be my friends, man. I miss my friends. Like I, uh, my buddy Lucas, my buddy Steve, and my buddy Boomer. I, I mean, it, COVID, we haven't seen a ton of people. So I would just go sit with them and just chop it up. My buddy Lucas is a lot of the inspiration behind behind the book. 
He was there with me when I was telling you all that story at the beginning, how I was miserable. You signed this contract and everything. You thought it was going good and actually sat down with him. And I remember I remember, I remember breaking down into tears because I was like, dude, what is going on? Like, who am I? Like, what is this? And I, I said, well, maybe I just, I just need to get back to the to football. We were in the offseason, right? There was a week before we got back to the season. So I'll be back with my friends, with my teammates, and then I'll be good. And he looked at me, he said, Sam, and I was telling, telling him about my struggles um, emotionally and interpersonally and all these different things. I feel like I'm not, I wouldn't be in the dad I was supposed to be and all these different things. And he said, Sam, if that's how you feel right now, I'm concerned about what happens when, when football ends for you, for when you retire. If this is how you cope, this is how, you know, I'm concerned. And, and he's the one who, who told me the famous, the, the quote that's from the book. He's the first one who said, he looked at me in my tears, my sadness, frustration. He looked up at me and he said, it's nice to see you. Mm-hmm. The real you. It's nice to see you. And then he said, and, and you never know, maybe God is writing a book in your life and you may only be on chapter two. Wow. That was before Let the World See You was even incepted. So I'd sit down with him. I'd sit down with Boomer, who's the head basketball coach for Purdue University Northwest. I think I told you about Boomer mm-hmm. when we were hanging out, nurse. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, I met him when I was living in Chicago. We were both living in Chicago. He went to go coach at Trinity International University, uh, I think N- NCCAA school, and turned the program around. And we talk about quotes and leadership, like y'all are similar in that way. And then the next person will be my buddy, Steve Carter, who is an itinerant pastor, loves people, loves God, and a great dude. And I haven't seen them in a while. So I'd say those would be the three. And then last meal would be yes. uh, fried, fried plantains. So Ooh. I'm from Nigeria. My people are from Nigeria. I so fried plantains, plantains with plantains. stew. Yes. Yes. So fried plantains wow. with stew, probably a little bit of rice. My wife would have to, have to make it. Uh, rice, mm. stew, plantains. And that's, I think that would be it. That's Because that just is so delectable. Man, when I was over in Kenya, we ate matoki, which is some kind of like form of the plantains. Yeah, crazy good. All right, Sam Acho, you are officially off the rapid fire hot seat and the Pivot and Go podcast. We're dropping the mic with the quote that you just said. I'll let you repeat it. Nice to see you. Tell that to the audience out there so they know if they're feeling stuck. Nice to see you. Be you. Take off the take off the mask. And I'll let you drop the mic with that. We'll end it on that. But Sam, you are an amazing breath of fresh air, leadership. Just like you got so many great things, like huge things coming to you. You probably don't even realize it. But just to give us your time and I mean your brotherhood just just means the world to me, man. So I'll let you drop drop the mic and take it away. Yeah, absolutely. Well, two things. One, as you mentioned, first nurse, thanks for having me. But one like, it's nice to see you, even in your sadness, even in your pain, even in your frustration, even in your joy and your jubilee. It's really nice to see. And the second thing is just a reminder that you're worth getting to know. Mm. That's, the, that's, the, that's, that's the other piece. So, yes, good to see you for, for those who, who are feeling hopeless as well. I know it's been a, a rough year. I'd also say get to know Jesus. Not what you heard about him, but like get to know him for real. Not what, you know, not people talk about American Christianity, not that. Get to know Jesus. But also remember, 
you're worth getting to know. That would be the message for anybody listening. Don't believe the lie that you're not because you are. You are worth getting to know. Boom. Mic dropped. And we're out. Thanks, brother. Thanks, dude. Baby, then go. 